Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Sherlock Highlights podcast with me, Charlotte Collins. This week, I'm joined by Lou Huff, Heather Steele, and new Sherlock's recruit, Harriet Russell. Harriet is our new features editor and sub editor, and we're so excited to have you here. New year, new podcast member. Woohoo! <laughs> um, how is everybody? How are we all Christmases? Yeah, really nice. Really, really low key, actually, which is kind of, I think, what all of us really needed. I don't know how it happens, but every year, isn't it? December just goes crazy and by the time you get to the 22nd or the 23rd you're just out for the count so yeah we just hunkered down we actually went to the pig for three days which was lovely which one did you go to we went to the one at the beach which Mm -hmm. is in dorset and it it was really really lovely i mean obviously the ambiance and everything they've got with like the interiors and stuff is so on point but other hotels that I've been to at Christmas, they sort of do like a lock-in almost, which is like they sort of shut down to the public and you sort of book in for Christmas and you're like the chosen ones, mm-hmm. as it were. The pig doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So it takes on all people and it, obviously the hotel was fully booked, but it still takes people every single day from the oh, outside really? for lunch and dinner. Annoying. My mum is very organised, so it didn't really affect us very much. But I did see other people who were clearly staying in the hotel come down and say, oh, can we have lunch or yeah. whatever on Boxing Day? And they were told that the restaurant was full oh, and that they so couldn't bad. Yeah, that drives me mad anywhere in the world where you, if you arrive somewhere and they're like oh you don't have a reservation I'm like but I'm a guest here yeah. Yeah. so bad so that would be the only downside like mm-hmm. I say it didn't affect us we were organised but it would be my tip that if you are going to go anywhere for Christmas check to see if the hotel is still taking day guests because mm. you might need to make some advanced bookings okay that's a really good tip thank mm. you Lou how was your Christmas? yeah lush like super super chill I actually felt like I had a really long time off I felt like I just watched loads of telly and films and had like baths in the day which is for me like the ultimate luxury and yeah just kind of got used to a slow pace of life but I feel like I'm ready to come back actually we were in the office on Thursday Friday of last week which is at the time was it was kind of like a ghost town but I think it was a nice like gentle push into the new year and now Monday's here I feel like ready to go I think like coming back on those two days there's no way to win like I'm so happy that I wasn't coming back fresh on Monday I know I wouldn't have slept last night yeah. it was really nice to ease in but at the same time it was quite hard to motivate yourself on those two days when it, st- it still really felt like Christmas last yeah. week didn't it so, completely yeah. nice to be back uh, Heather you had a nice break I did yeah I uh, feel very well rested I good. didn't really do very much at all apart from read so yeah I feel good good but I feel like everybody's going to have lots of good recommendations based on all the reading and television watching <laughs> you did um, so let's go straight in I feel like we could talk endlessly about the TV on over Christmas, oh but do you have one thing that you watched that you would really recommend? We'll start with TV. We will move on to film. To be honest, the only thing I actually watched 
on telly was Gavin and Stacey, but I don't know. Did anyone else watch it? Obviously. I have never seen a Gavin and Stacey uh, episode. Well, that's such a shame. Do you know what? We were watching it and Ben was like laughing along and I turned to him and I was like, oh, did you watch this? And he, and he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then afterwards he was like, I never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. oh, okay. I don't think it was for people who no. were not familiar with Gavin mm-hmm. and Stacey. Heather, uh, what did you think? Yeah, I did enjoy it. I mean, I did watch a couple of older ones beforehand because I don't think I'd actually seen any of the original episodes since they were first mm. on. So I had to kind of remind myself and to be honest they haven't really aged very well and the soundtrack certainly hasn't like 2006 music to 2008 or 9 was just terrible but um yeah it hasn't aged well so I don't know if you Harriet were to start watching from the beginning it might not be as funny but no I I enjoyed the Christmas special I think it was everything you wanted it to be as a fan yeah I think so Lou yeah I watched it and I just love a Welsh accent so I was mainly in it for that to be honest (laughs) I can give or take it I thought it was like funny but the best thing that I watched was I think this is going to be yours as well, Charlotte. Hugh Grant, My Life on Screen. It was. It was just, I have to say, it was actually just on before Christmas. I was still working when that was yeah, on Yeah, it was television. on the 23rd. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, it was the best hour of TV I've watched all year. I think I watched it on Catch Up, which is why I fell away. But it was just, I obviously love all of his films. He's such a sort of a British film icon. Just to clarify, it's a retrospective of yeah. his film career. So for those who didn't see it, it's Hugh Grant sitting as a talking head, explaining every stage of his life and career um, yeah. with the assistance of co-stars from his various films so Andy McDowell's in it yeah. and Colin Firth and Sandra Bullock and he really does show a different side of his personality doesn't he yeah and I just think the respect that his fellow actors also have for him him and Colin Firth I'm just so intrigued by their relationship it was so well edited yeah, as well. Really without cool. giving too much away they they kind of interviewed them both on stories and kind of had them both tell their versions of it and they've obviously got a really kind of banterous relationship yeah. and they both told it very differently and, and they edit it kind of splice it all together yeah. it's really clever and Sandra Bullock I think they are just obsessed with each other which again I wasn't aware of and now I just want to go and watch two weeks notice again um, <laughs> but it was yes yeah, such a brilliant watch. Um, I hadn't seen Paddington 2 and then subsequently after watching this Hugh Grant thing decided I had to watch it and oh my god it's so good. It's so brilliant and you can tell he had so much fun playing that character. Yeah, have you guys seen it? It was on Unboxing Day. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It was, yeah. He he's the best thing about it. It's amazing <laughs> for those who haven't seen it. But he plays the kind of scoundrel in it, yeah, the yeah. villain, and he plays this kind of queen actor type um, who just embodies all different types of characters and stuff. And he's just brilliant. That like campy villainous pantomime dame type character yeah. suits him so well, doesn't it? And he's now in The Gentleman, and again plays a completely different role than that. So I feel like we're kind of going to new era yeah. of Hugh Grant. Someone yes. said that I think didn't they? Like this could be his acting peak and I'm here for it. Yeah, so I absolutely loved that. (laughs) Harriet, what did you watch? I have to say I found quite a lot of the Christmas TV kind of disappointing. I watched two films though which I think were absolutely amazing. The first was on Netflix, it's up for a lot of awards, The Two Popes. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins and um, Jonathan Price. Absolutely amazing. So what is it about? So it's about the transition basically between Ratzinger who was obviously a Pope two Popes ago And Pope Francis, who is the current Pope. And it's obviously at the time that Ratzinger resigned, which had not happened in six centuries, there was controversy at the time because people thought he was very, very conservative. And there were lots of accusations, obviously, about the Catholic Church and that he wasn't doing enough to reform it. Pope Francis, who is an Argentinian, he's much more modern in his thinking. Anyway, it's a conversation, really, between these two Popes, how they 
despite massively sort of different views on the Catholic Church, come together and discuss a transition. So I think it had real meaning for me because I went to Rome last May and we went to the Vatican and we went sort of behind the scenes in St. Peter's Basilica. And I mean, I'm not religious, but every time I see a cardinal, I get so excited because I'm like, this is such an epicentre of religion. Like this is the biggest church in the world and it's fascinating. And you learn a lot about the current Pope. And it was really funny because I'd watched the film and then like two days later, there was that news story about him having to slap someone. someone. (laughs) But for those who didn't see it, there was this controversy last week where the Pope slapped the hand of a woman who grabbed him in a kind of lineup. But she really does grab him. She yeah. really does. So he lost his nerve, which he shouldn't have done. But <laughs> yeah, she really did manhandle him. Yeah. Um, similar to you, Harry, I was there nearly three years ago, but we went on a Sunday to the Vatican City and actually caught the Pope, like in his little Pope in mobile. The oh yeah. my gosh. And it was so, we didn't know it was going to happen. And it was such an unexpected treat. And I agree with you, it doesn't matter what religion you are. Like, you're at the epicenter of everything that is important and holy to some people so yeah exactly so it doesn't really matter does it but um, it was okay so it's well worth a watch well worth a watch and the two obviously Anthony Hopkins plays Ratzinger and Jonathan Price plays Pope Francis Jonathan Price is obviously a British actor Pope Francis obviously Argentinian so Jonathan Price not only learned Spanish he also learned Latin Italian and French for the role but when I watched it I couldn't believe that he wasn't South American I was like this is unbelievably good initially when Anthony Hopkins came on screen I was like oh it's Anthony Hopkins in a in a robe (laughs) but actually as the film went on he really sort of morphed into the role and they've done some amazing sort of makeup and prosthetics on him as well to get those really like sunken eyes and Mm -hmm. what have you so yeah absolutely fascinating and it's been nominated hasn't it it was nominated for Golden Globes this weekend and I think yeah I was disappointed that no one won anything I'm gonna watch that yeah that's on my list so actually yeah that I'm definitely definitely gonna watch that now did anybody else see Little Women yes God. That was my other one. So I think that is the second best film I watched of 2019. Lou, I need love Green yeah. Book. Oh, Green Book, yeah, you yeah. love Green Book. <laughs> Amazing. Um, tell me why you love Little Women. Yeah, oh. I knew Lou would love it yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Firstly, just the way that it is shot. Mm. It is so beautiful. The scene where they are on the beach yeah. um, oh, is so just every still could be a photograph and it just completely transported me. I thought the costumes were also yeah. incredible. And the storyline, obviously, you know, Little Women is a very, like, well-known tale. Um, I found it interesting the way that Greta Gerwig slightly changed it, kind of telling it from the end, kind of then going backwards. Yeah. So it's two books, actually. So, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, no, 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 it's not okay. even wrong, but I, I only heard this from, like, an interview, that I didn't realise there was a sequel to Little Women. Mm-hmm. And it's the modern day in yeah. the movie is the sequel, okay. and then the flashbacks are book one. Okay. Yeah, Amazing. so it's like a merging of the two. I don't know, I just thought it had such a powerful message. And I think for every type of woman and kind of how much of a feminist you are, I think you can relate to one of the different girls or one of the storylines. And I just thought it was really uplifting and a great way actually to end 2019. Yeah, agreed. It was very like... Ticked box, didn't yeah. It? Um, also, newfound obsession with Florence Pugh. Oh my god, I love her. Absolutely oh amazing. Been? And I was reading an interview with her, and she was saying that when she was cast as the role of Amy, all of her friends were like, "Oh god, Amy, Amy's the worst one. She's such a bitch. She's like horrible." And she kind of had this bad rap, Amy. I think as that character. But Greta Gerwig, again, she wanted to bring out this other side of Amy that perhaps wasn't seen so much in previous adaptations. And she's 
incredible like yeah. the character is amazing but you're right Florence Pugh she was the absolute star of the show for me I've read the book multiple times actually but I had no idea about that scene between her and Aunt March where Aunt March is like basically it's all down to you yeah. all the pressure is on you now yeah. we've given up on Joe, and it really opened my eyes to the fact that Amy does have this enormous weight on her shoulder basically finance her entire family's yeah. future so that is why she becomes yeah. sort of a bit hardened yeah. and a bit unemotional and, and sort of abandons them for Europe. But it was so pivotal, I thought, and it really opened my eyes yeah. to like the financial pressures of those days. Yeah. I hadn't, I'm sure I read the book at some point. I didn't recall the moment, and this isn't a spoiler, but where Amy burns Joe's novel because mm-hmm. she's upset with her. And that is like, oh, it's hard to yeah, watch. It's really, really so, it is so mean, isn't yeah. it? This weekend I saw a trailer for something that I would never otherwise have watched the trailer for which is Black Widow it's part of the Marvel series it's starring Scarlett Johansson but Florence Pugh is in it as well and guys you need to watch the trailer she plays like a villanelle style character she's got this really strong Russian accent and plays this like badass girl but like I'm obsessed with her she's sick I think she's the most amazing actress and like embodies so many different roles she's also in that fighting with my family yeah yeah yeah, it's really worth watching it's on Netflix at the moment I think think it came on over Christmas even if you wouldn't think you'd want to watch uh, you know a film about Wrestling. People from yeah. Norwich wrestling yeah. with mm-hmm. their. Family. I just want to go yeah. back and watch all of her films like Midsummer. Yeah. Oh Little God, Drummer prepare Girl. yourself yeah. for that one though. Weird, right. yeah, it's Ugh, horrible, some horrible things, okay. but yeah. it's worth watching. And Timothy Chalamet again, like oh, amazing, amazing casting. I'm actually really excited because. We managed to get tickets to go see him at the Old Vic. Oh, you, oh, you got there. tickets. Yeah, nice. Oh, well done. My mum's a member, so snuck in. Straight in there. Um, oh. But yeah, I'm so excited. April, yeah. can't wait. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he's oh. amazing. Well, for anyone who hasn't seen it, I highly recommend Great. it. I think there's something for everyone. And yeah, I absolutely loved it. I went to see Cats. Oh, did you? I did. <laughs> Someone so had to. My friends and I, yeah, my friends and I were like, well, now we want to see it even more off the back of all the dreadful mm. reviews. My friends and I were like, well, now we have to go and see it. It's probably the most fun I've ever had in a cinema. <laughs> I think partly because it's hilarious and also partly because everybody in the cinema had gone to make fun of it. Yeah, okay. yes. So it was like havoc in there like everybody was talking out loud everybody was laughing hysterically there was one song where we were all like oh yeah like the whole cinema it's just bonkers like I do feel kind of bad for everybody in it because there's a shitload of talent in that film the choreography is incredible there's such amazing dancing and I like for anyone who's seen Cats on stage like that's quite a key part Mm -hmm. of it and it is incredible and like they really act their little hearts out like they're all going for it but it's just bizarre. Like, and for those who don't know, like, it's basically each cat, like, has to present their story to get invited to have a new life. That's the short version. Yeah. So, anyway, Rebel Wilson goes first. And she plays this, like, really overweight cat who lives in a kitchen. And in her song, she's the cat, and then all the other cats are dancing around her. And then they, like, open the cupboard and there's some mice, but the mice are played by children. So it's like this, like, weird, creepy band of, like, really minimised kids who are, like, play- dressed as mice, like, playing banjos. And then, on the kitchen table there's this big dance with cockroaches and they're all played by humans so they're then these like mini humans that are even smaller than the mice and she's like picking them up and eating them and they're all like dancing along the table it's just the trippiest weirdest (laughs) thing ever like it's just hysterical but honestly it's just so much fun like I can't recommend it enough it just go with don't watch it alone or like even with a partner just (laughs) go with all your friends and you'll just have the best time ever it was amazing we loved it obviously they can't kiss right because that would be weird they're cats why can't they kiss because they're cats so they can't like snog so instead of kissing they just nuzzle so there's a lot of like 
Charlotte's renting us on me. It's a lot of a lot of head stroking. It's just so weird. Yeah, I feel really bad for them. It's bizarre. It's just weird. Yeah, but if, I know you convinced me to go and watch. I think it. You, honestly, like you'll have the best time ever. It's I so think I'll wait for DVD. Yeah, but like watch Netflix. it with friends. Yeah, you'll yeah you can it. turn it into yeah. a Netflix night with lots yeah, of yeah exactly. Well, we came yeah. up with a drinking turn game for it. Yeah, it. yeah, we did because Jason Derulo comes up a oh, lot. God, like please. he's a starring role apparently. So we said like you need to take a shot every time Jason Derulo comes on screen, and then there's a lot of like McCavity, 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 McCavity. And so like yeah, there's there's endless fun to be had with it. It's so weird. So I really recommend. And not really Christmas related, but I think it launched New Year's Eve is The Trial of Christine Keeler. Loving it. So good. So, so I'm, good. I think there's been three episodes so far. I have to say, I think the actress Sophie, Sophie. Cookson, who plays um, Christine, questionable acting. I've got to say, I'm not a fan of her, but I'm loving the storyline. I watched it last night with your voice in my head about that. And I thought she was actually really good in the most recent episode. Okay. But I don't know. It feels a bit stagey the way that, I don't know whether Mm. it's her accent or the way that she talks, but I'm not quite convinced on on her. James Norton, I know we had discussed at first, we weren't sure about him, but actually he plays the part really well. I'm reluctant to admit it because I think he's a terrible actor, but he's really good in this. He is. Also, the costumes are pretty good. I, it's nothing flash because they're not supposed to have like loads of money or mm. you know be really sort of bougie or anything. But they're sort of girls who are aspiring to a certain lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and particularly, is it Ellie Bamber yeah, in it's the amazing. role of her friend? I mean, some of her outfits are pretty yeah. amazing. I, I have to sort of agree with the melodramatic acting, but then yeah. I sort of wonder that they are supposed to be really young. They're yeah. supposed to be pretty immature and pretty Yeah, naive. and that, that really does come through. And yeah. I'm not sure how many parts there are. I think it's sick. But it's, the tension is building. It's getting yeah. really juicy. I also like when, I feel like there's been quite a few dramas like this, that Hugh Grant one actually yes. about the politician. Oh, yeah. Very a very English scandal. A very English yeah. scandal and Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's been quite a few series shining lights on things that we probably should know about but obviously happened yeah. before our time. And I feel it's really nice to get a bit more of an idea. I've always heard about the Profumo affair but Completely. never really knew what that was and Completely. it's nice to understand it a bit more. And I think my only real knowledge of it before this was actually from The Crown. I so now I really Crown, want to yeah. go back and watch that Crown episode yeah. again having a bit more of an understanding about it. And the guy who plays Profumo he's the guy from The Crown as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. I also really like um, Amelia Fox as his wife. Yes, she's yeah, great. She's great. Very glamorous. I have to say I don't quite get their relationship. Mm. Like she's not a prostitute obviously now there's some sort of cash flow being exchanged mm-hmm. but she's not that but there doesn't seem to be like an intimate relationship i'm not quite sure what the appeal of their relationship is mm. i feel like they were both using each other a mm. little bit so she was obviously kind of a bit bedazzled by his stature yeah and he obviously you know she's like a hot 20 year old but i don't think she's even that impressed by him she doesn't seem like besotted with him i think she's aspirational isn't she and a bit cunning and was using him to try and push her own not status but yeah whether it was money or yeah profile yeah exactly she's also heavily influenced isn't she james norton's character is always saying to her you know oh don't you know it's the prime minister and don't you know it's this person and don't you know it's that person so i think she probably feels like she's swept up in something that yeah she probably doesn't really understand what it is but she sort of knows enough that it's important and these people are important and it might lead her to better things and it's still ongoing isn't it yeah so you can catch up on bbc iplayer if you haven't seen the first three yet heather you said you read a lot over christmas 
Christmas, did you read anything of note? Most of them were old, actually. First of all, I read Bridget Jones' Diary, purely because I've never actually <laughs> yeah, read I was it. Yeah, I've never read it, actually, either. And it's really good. How similar is it to the film? It's quite different, actually. Hugh Grant's character, he is different. Like, he's still really sleazy and treats her badly, but he doesn't feature in it as much, I think, as in the film. Right. He's obviously this real key person. He obviously still is in the book. So he sort of looms large, but in a slightly different way. And also the whole, uh, her mother as well, who, you know, runs off with the orange man. She's got a much bigger role that actually is a bit silly. So I'm quite glad that they got rid of that. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, it's definitely worth a read. When Um, I watch it now, I feel really sad for her because like, she's really not very fat and she's also only 32 and she's billed as this like really overweight spinster. And it's like, whoa, 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 I'm (laughs) nearly her age. But that's the thing as well. When I, because obviously as she does in the film at the beginning of each bit, she's like, wait, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's way less than I weigh now. Yeah, and she's, she's like really the biggest thin. I've ever been. And I'm like, God, <laughs> I know. what the fuck? It's really depressing. It is sadness in the 90s were a bit different. <laughs> yeah, they? I know. But um, it's still very much worth reading. It was funny. So I read that. And then I also, just because I ran out of a book, ended up reading The Casual Vacancy by J.K. Rowling, which I'd never read either. That was just hanging around at my parents' house. Was that the one that she wrote under the pseudonym? No, so that was the first one she wrote under her own name. Okay. And it's brilliant. Isn't Honestly, it? I tore through like 500 pages in two days. A casual vacancy is when uh, a local councillor dies or is suddenly not around anymore and this spot becomes vacant. And it's basically about the lives in this very small town and about all the different people who are kind of wanting to throw their hats into the ring. And it's just one of those really good books where there are multiple characters and chapters and then somehow all the narratives kind of interweave. But yeah, I wasn't expecting to love it as much as I did. I haven't read anything else of hers apart from Harry Potter. That's a very good beach read, I think, if you're looking for something to take away with you. I also read uh, Hot Milk by Deborah Levy, which oh, yes. came out two years ago, it I think. It was the Booker Prize winner, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, and that also was very good, but I didn't enjoy it. No, I didn't read it, I have to confess, but the reason I didn't read it was because everybody said it was really hard work. Yeah, like when I looked back at it and when I think about it now, it was so beautifully written. It's about uh, a girl who goes over to Spain with her mum because her mum's got problems with her legs. They've tried everything in the UK go to this specialist clinic and about the summer she has kind of trying to look after her mum but also find herself so it appealed to me but very beautifully written didn't love it yeah. didn't like any of the characters after that sorry <laughs> like, I read a lot mini, mini book review <laughs> <laughs> and then I read this one is brilliant and I think everyone should read this if they haven't already it came out in 2008 but it's Olive Kitteridge by Elizabeth Strout and she did a sequel that came out at the end of last year called Olive Again and that's had loads of really really great reviews which is why I decided to read the previous one it's actually 13 short stories which I didn't quite realize when I was reading it because again like the casual vacancy each one's about a different character but they all interweave back to Olive in some way shape or form that one's brilliantly written and also really gripping so I recommend that read okay. that one in a day wow. and now I'm oh, we're re- still going. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, very quickly no, I'm reading on. on Chapel Sands by Laura Cumming yes. which came oh, out yeah. last year and yeah that's about the author's real life tale of her mother who was kidnapped for four days when she was three years old and doesn't remember anything about it and now in the present day she's kind of delving into the sort of police reports to work out what 
actually happened. Wow. So yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's so far it's very gripping. Ooh. So yeah, basically I didn't really watch any TV. I just read. Oh, you did the book. right thing. <laughs> you did the right thing, and I feel and all the better for yes, it. Yes, good. I'm not surprised. Um, great, some great recommendations there. Thanks. Not quite on the same level as you, Heather, but I started reading How to Be a Gentlewoman, which you kindly oh, yes. left on my, I my desk. Hung that on your desk on the last um, day, and I absolutely love it. I it's, knew you would. It's so beautifully written. Firstly, I don't know why I thought it was going to be a little bit more about business in the workplace mm-hmm. but it basically touches upon how to be a gentlewoman in every area of your life at home with your friends with yourself gentlewoman meaning what sorry. gentlewoman essentially being the equivalent of a gentleman and that a gentleman is very dignified and kind kind generous, polite yeah well respected person and there's never really been that equivalent for women mm-hmm. i think you're a gentlewoman well thank you, you. Need a manual on it but, but yeah. I, I think you should be giving it to people who need it no, <laughs> no, well. it's, it's not so much of like how can i change my life mm. i think with these type of books often they're things that you know but it's just about sort of realigning your way of thinking yeah. and kind of taking a step back and being like okay no actually that is right that i need to do that a little bit more and just reminding yourself of little steps and one of the chapters that i absolutely love was about how to be a gentlewoman with your friends I don't think it, the word was soulmates, but it's basically like you have five soulmates, 15 best friends, 50 friends, and I think 150 acquaintances. And it said, write down a list of your favorite 15 people in the world that mean the most to you, and then make a plan with each one of those people in the next month to spend time with them. And don't just like drop them a WhatsApp or send them a message on Instagram, give them a call. And it was just kind of different ways of looking at people that mean to you and how you can spend time with them and how you should appreciate them and what their relationship with you may be like and I literally wrote this list and it really made me think about those people and and you can get so kind of caught up in your day-to-day life and and they're saying how you know it's so easy to hide behind a whatsapp message saying like happy new year or hope you're well but picking the phone up or like going to see that person Mm -hmm. has such more of an impact Mm -hmm. yeah I thought it was great Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's talk about Christmas now. How did presents go down this Christmas? Did you get anything good? Did you give anything good? My family, we all decided to kind of just not go over the top this year, which was good. So I felt like I didn't bankrupt myself trying to get everyone presents. And yet equally didn't feel bad when they bought me loads of stuff and we'd agreed not to. But everyone did actually tend to stick to the like, don't go over the top. So yeah, I've got lots of useful things from mum and dad like under the bed storage bags that I didn't ask for I didn't know I need but I've since used so yeah I got a really nice Lilabo candle from um, my boyfriend's sister which was really nice I can't remember actually sorry I was just happy that it was Lilabo to be honest (laughs) Um, so yeah lots of nice little homewares bits and pieces that yeah I'd have never bought for myself I didn't get any bum presents at all this year so yeah I'm fairly happy with my lot 
It's great. What about you, Harriet? I had a very generous gift from my sister. She is a PR and she lives in New York, so she's very high flying and mm-hmm. very glamorous. And she gave me a new Louis Vuitton wallet, which was <gasps> really wow. nice. Yeah. I know. And then for my mum, me and my sister joined forces. This is another really good tip, I think, when it comes to buying presents for parents, which sometimes can be really tricky, especially as they get older, because they've got so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think a great idea is definitely to give them something they can use. Me and my sister did team up and we got my mum a picture, which I think is quite a nice thing. A lot of my family hail from Yorkshire and we go on walking holidays and stuff quite a lot there. So we got her a picture of this particular place in the Lake District where we go all the time by a photographer who does limited edition prints of it. So yeah, that went down really nicely. I do find in my experience that it doesn't matter how much money you spend, it's sentimental gifts that always Mm -hmm. go down the best with your parents. I remember a few years ago, like we did all the Christmas stuff and then I bunged in as an extra my old job we partnered with like a photo printing thing and so I'd like used it for free and had a load of like I don't know some family photos printed on like Polaroid looking things so I literally just like threw them in my parents absolutely loved it and like that was the star of the <laughs> yeah, show yeah. and I yeah anything photo related or just vaguely sentimental really yeah. does do the trick I think when it? you've just really gone that extra mile like mm. the thought behind mm. a present is so sweet and, and I think also when you're giving a present that you know that you've mm. really kind of gone that extra mile with it means more yeah yes yeah. Luke speaking of pictures my my boyfriend, he's an amazing photographer, and we went to South France and stayed at La Roche Rouge last summer. And he took an amazing photo of the pool, which is very sort of slim Aaron style. It's like oh, nice. a pool basically in the sea. It's incredible. And I've always, always loved it. It's a film picture and he got it printed in the lab. Absolutely huge. So that's a really lovely. So oh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Really, really lovely present, which I'll cherish forever. And then lots of like little practical things. One present that he got, which I've been sort of jumping off the back of, was a masterclass subscription Oh, nice. um, for the year. And for those that don't know, it's kind of an online seminar of chefs, authors, ballet dancers, designers, photographers at the peak of their career. And there's probably about 12 masterclasses within each of their segments, which I didn't realize. Talking through their career and kind of giving tips and advice on how to succeed and how to kind of excel. And I started watching the Anna Winter one, which is absolutely fascinating. Is it? It's really, really good. It's not like groundbreaking mm. tips. But I've never really seen that side of her and her be so open about her work and the way that, you know, she manages a team and what goes on in the Vogue offices and about her career and how she got to that point. So that side of it is really interesting. And Lewis is well into the Gordon Ramsay series. So, yeah. Is it expensive? So they had a, a Christmas offer. Um, I think it was about £185 for a year's membership, but you've got two memberships for that. So I think it is quite pricey, but I think if you are interested in learning about a particular area, I mean, Lois has taken so much from it already, and there's so many different people on there. And I think even if you're not that interested in a segment, you can take something away from it. So definitely one to look at. And you can do monthly memberships or you can do um, little trials and things. So yeah. Cool. Sounds amazing. Obviously, we're back and it's January and the slog begins again but obviously apart from the break and the time off what is the best thing for you about the Christmas holidays there's something different about them to all other times of year isn't it so what is it that makes them so good I think for me it feels like a real stop I normally go home and I almost feel like I become a bit more of a child when I go home I think it's just like a real reset and I kind of I think about what I've done in the past year and time just moves so much slower I think in that period and For me, it's just, it's a kind of a time of reflection and thinking about 
what I've done in the year and maybe what is coming up and just re-establishing maybe what I'm looking to do, what I could have done better or... Yeah, I just think it's a bit of a stop, reset, reflect and then start afresh. I feel like most years we sit here and say like, oh, January is a really weird time to kind of start afresh and make resolutions and we like to do that in September because that feels more kind of school mm-hmm. year But this year, I don't know if it's because it's the end of the decade yeah. which everybody's been banging on about. I do feel quite like, yeah. oh, January fresh start more so than normal. Do you Completely. Mm -hmm. completely Mm -hmm. I feel quite pumped by it as well Mm -hmm. Harriet yeah definitely I think with Christmas it's the only time in the whole year where you're not necessarily the only one on holiday Mm -hmm. the whole world is on holiday if you don't respond to emails if you don't do the things that you're supposed to do normally no one's going to say anything Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's the one time where everyone sits back and everyone comes together if you're lucky enough to sort of have a family that is is large enough to do that so I agree with that Heather yeah again because I started a new diary again it's something quite nice about actually having a fresh one and mm-hmm. kind of my handwriting's a bit neater to start <laughs> yeah. with all those things that you'd expect so yeah I, I feel basically exactly the same new decade new me but not quite <laughs> <laughs> and um speaking of resolutions have you made any nothing sort of huge and grand I mean it's very like 25 year old me to be sat there and be like I'm gonna be a completely different person mm-hmm. come the end of 2020 or whatever now I'm in my 30s I don't feel like there are going to be these sort of massive overhaul changes they're just not necessary however there's always like teeny tiny things so I think I was saying before this podcast started that one of the tiniest things I'm trying to do is eat before I come to work have breakfast at home make it healthy, make it really simple so that I don't waste five or six pounds every morning buying coffee and whatever in Gales or (laughs) wherever. Polly and I were talking about this not long ago because, and I think it was Pandora Sykes actually who said this on the high-low, but not to undermine your your New Year's (laughs) resolution at all, but obviously buying coffee every day is something that like everybody says you should feel guilty about. But that's like my self-care. Like that's Mm -hmm. a really essential part of like Mm -hmm. my everyday for me. And actually ever since I heard that, I was like, you know what, that is right. Yeah. That three pounds 20 a day because yes, oat milk is that expensive it really does make a difference to how I feel about my day yeah, yeah exactly it's yeah. all different things for different people mm. I personally am just racked with guilt every time <laughs> I do it so it doesn't feel very loving but Fair um enough. but I can totally understand how yeah. working that into your yes. daily life is part of your routine and just part of your life yeah that's fine. but I think thinking about the things that make you happy and then deciding which are the ones you want to you know if you want to have your oat milk every day do it and, and make that a positive thing rather than a thing you feel guilty about in the Sunday Times style yesterday so this weekend for those listening there was an article written by Nina Stibb who wrote Reasons to be Cheerful which was a really big novel last year it is a fictional story but she used the title as a launch pad to ask really eminent kind of writers and thinkers about their three reasons to be cheerful and so it was everybody from Mary Beard to David Nicholl to Lena Dunham like a kind of cross spectrum of types so each person had to give a reason to be cheerful and it really makes you think they each boiled down three things so Mary Beards, I loved her. Her first one was having a bottle of red, a really big armchair and a book and Radio 4 kind of going in the background and having nowhere to be and that being like your day and the only thing you have to do is finish that bottle making her sound like a wino she (laughs) she phrased it a lot better than I did but it was all about those small pleasures Mm -hmm. and actually so having read it I went away and made a list of all the things that all my reasons to be cheerful and it's not things like my friends Nina Sib in her introduction kind of boiled it down there's a difference between reasons to be happy and reasons to be cheerful cheerful Mm -hmm. is those small Mm -hmm. quaint things it's like you know raindrops and roses it's that kind of thing and when you kind of sit and make a list of those 
you really feel kind of quite enriched about yourself and who you are. And I think it's so important to look around you and the world we're living in. It can be so depressing, but I think we also need to look at those little things and those little pick-me-ups that can kind of bring a smile to your face. Yeah, exactly. I think I had Gail's oat milk lattes on mine and it's just those little things that like help you get through the day. Um, Heather, any resolutions from you? One's maybe gross maybe not just to look after my teeth a bit more basically yeah. I've never like had a proper hygienist appointment oh, before yes. but now I've got one booked in so yeah grim but true and then <laughs> uh, my second one is to buy more clothes oh. weirdly I don't buy that many things uh really but yeah I want to buy but like higher quality mm-hmm. things invest a bit more exactly things that I can wear for a very long time mm-hmm. which I tend to do anyway but with cheap stuff that then sure. starts falling apart mm-hmm. so yeah nicer things I usually just often. admire your restraint I have to say yeah. but, but I get that I think that's an ad- Give me a few months, I'll be like, no, back up. Yeah, back like, to the I yeah. blew my whole budget. But no, yeah. It's worth doing. It yeah. is worth yeah. doing. Uh, Lee, what about you? Um, mine are literally the same every single year. Drink more water and do more exercise no more resolutions mm-hmm. well I also Harry I'm a bit like over the whole like I'm gonna have a new body by the end of the year yeah. and I'm gonna be a whole new person but my small resolution is to wash out my God, I've been banging on about coffee sorry but <laughs> to wash out my milk frother in the morning because I always make my frothy milk and then I put it in the sink and fill it with water and then the morning after me then has to wash it properly and it's just stupid why do I do that to myself so my resolution is I'm just going to wash it up the minute I've used it and put it back so then then it's ready for the next day for me so it's just you know the little things the little things (laughs) have you traditionally been good at sticking to New Year's resolutions I'm guessing yours is a no No, literally I have written those resolutions down pretty much every year for the last 10 years and also (laughs) I have one diary which literally starts like it'll be the beginning of the year the resolutions and then the end of the year best bits of that and it's literally that's all that notebook is and And there's maybe like a January the 7th like diary of what happened and then it literally that's it so I just need to try and pick that up a bit more. (laughs) What about you? Any good at sticking to yours? I'm quite regimented with myself and then eventually... I'm just like, I'm punishing myself now, so no. It's, you've got very good self-discipline. It's Too very much, and then they'll become a crack, and I'll just be like, oh, fuck it, I don't <laughs> do this anymore. <laughs> and Harriet, what about you? Yeah, no, I'm absolutely terrible. I mean, that's that's one of the main reasons mm-hmm. that I've just stopped with the whole, like, I'm going to be a completely different person, yeah. and I'm going to be blonde, and whatever. Like, it's just, it's just never going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So no, I, I've been terrible, but I think... That's why I've tried to focus on really, really small things. The smaller they are, the more achievable they mm-hmm. are. Yeah. So I'm hoping that start of a new decade and, I mean, the year I was born was 88. So I actually feel that with the start of a new decade, it's the start of a new decade for me because my birthday is in December. So I just turned 31. So I feel like now we can start a new decade where I'm <laughs> sort of set in my ways and that's fine yeah I think that's fair this is the last year of my 20s oh, which is really I, I was scary. waiting for you to not <laughs> say that but just to be to sad, acknowledge yeah. it no I actually feel really ready I almost Dude. wish I was turning 30 this year I'm about good. to turn 29 I'm so ready for 30 yeah. which I was talking about all my friends because obviously from September that's our school year people are starting to turn 30 this year well, I say bring it on. I can't yeah, wait. I've loved my 30s yeah. so far. I don't feel like a 20 something. I feel like no. 30s will suit mm. me more. I feel ready for it. I did have a big hair chop. That was my new. It looks lovely. Thanks it looks so much. Great. That was also a New Year's resolution to look after my hair more and 
here we are. What about goals for the year? I feel like there is a difference between resolutions, that's kind of how you're going to be better, mm-hmm. and aims and things that you want to achieve. Does anyone have any of those? Definitely. It's really practical, actually, which is what I'm really pleased about, because it means I'll actually probably achieve it, which was last year for some bizarre reason. I did change jobs. So I went through this transition of having all of my holidays sort of front loaded at the beginning of the year, which meant that from about the 1st of June through to the end of the year, I basically didn't have a single Ugh, holiday or day yeah. off. I know. And it was absolutely terrible. It was the worst thing I could have done because by, I mean, I started here at Sherlock at the beginning of December and I was already <laughs> exhausted. Mm. So then by Christmas, I was basically lying down most days saying <laughs> I can't do this. So this year, it's just one goal is to try. I mean, I'd hate to sort of frame it in like, oh, I'm trying to achieve balance because that's just such a vague thing. But I'm going to quite literally try and space out my holiday time quite pragmatically mm-hmm. and quite regularly so that I constantly feel like you're just in a block and then mm-hmm. a break and then a block mm-hmm. and then a break and hopefully it will all feel a lot more manageable do what Charlotte does and book it all off already every Whoa. single day <laughs> planned and I'm done it's Are all you? gone yeah it's all booked so sorry sorry no, Lou it's no, all there I mean, you're my idol <laughs> I, I, I wish I was that organised part of it is yeah, about yeah, being organised yeah. but um, <laughs> it is Yes, yeah. it does mean there's no room for spontaneity, so, yeah. but that's okay, I'm alright with that. Um, Lou, what about you? I mean, my biggest goal for the year is getting married. <laughs> Last year, I was like, oh yeah, I'm getting married next year. That kind of feels like it was quite far away. Now I can say I'm getting married this year, that's which so is exciting. both scary and exciting in equal form. But now I'm really, really looking forward to it. And we were kind of going through a couple of bits of admin over the weekend. I'm just so excited to spend that time with my family and friends like neither of us have ever had a big birthday party or a big celebration kind of in our honor Mm -hmm. so it feels really strange to be doing that and be doing it somewhere so special for such a like lovely happy Mm -hmm. reason so yeah I can't wait and also to have such a long time off as well to get you get like a big break halfway through the year I know I'm getting nervous thank you I've got butterflies your goal should be to book your honeymoon yeah book honeymoon Um, yeah we've kind of got a, a lot of little bits to sort of clear up so just both my boyfriend and I are not the most sorry fiance are not the most <laughs> decisive so we just need to be a bit more like on it not overthink things just get on with it and kind of often with these situations everything will be lovely but I think you feel like the pressure for it to be the best holiday of your life and the best day of your life and actually you're only doing that to yourself mm-hmm. you just take that away and think it'll be lovely and yeah and it just will be the best day of your life yeah it just will <laughs> um, Heather what about you any uh, goals for the year not really just yeah more of trying to generally be a bit healthier and Mm. that's it really have some fun do you know what fun is really underrated I think that is a really good point and another question I was going to ask is if anyone here is doing like a veganuary or a dry january but are you doing dry jan yeah Heather and I were talking about are you really for what reason just to kind of reset it's just become a bit of a habit now to send it Mm. that I got horribly horribly drunk about four new years ago and woke up feeling so bloody awful on the first I was like I'm not drinking for Mm. a month the last few years haven't been because of that at all but I just I quite actually enjoyed it doing it that year and felt it was achievable Mm -hmm. um not even because I think I drink loads all the time anyway it's all mainly kind of just to save some money more than anything discovered a few half decent non-alcoholic beers the last couple of days because I've been on alcoholic beer yeah they're Mm. not bad and loads cheaper as well you can buy like two beers for like three quid or something so even better so yeah I'm mainly doing it to save money everyone's like oh it's the most miserable month of the year why would you do it to yourself Mm. but actually I find no one's really doing too much in January apart from the odd birthday here and there so actually it's a good time to do it rather than October everyone's kind of it's true it's harder yeah Yeah. I agree Harriet is that your motivation this is only the second year I've done it I have to say um so I can't say that it's a regular habit 
But interestingly, last year, I had a similar experience. So 1st of January 2019, I woke up with the most horrific hangover. And I was like, I have to do dry January. I'd had a really heavy December, which is quite unusual for me. I don't really drink that much. But for some reason, I'd I'd just gone for it, health leather. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was the same thing. I was like, I need to get this out of my system. And I felt so different by the end of January that I actually continued all the way to Easter. Wow. I know. And then things sort of shifted in my life and it gradually sort of crept back in. And that was fine. I, I had no sort of judgment about it and this month I don't really intend on doing it beyond the end of January because I haven't had nearly the same (laughs) nearly the same December but actually if you have had a really heavy one the first two weeks at least I found it last year were absolutely awful it was a real real detox it was like a real sort of sugar thing I think maybe yeah Yeah, and it was so awful that I can remember thinking like I have to do this for longer because this this is terrible but this year I don't feel that way at all and actually it feels much easier and if you're not coming off a massive cliff then it's perfectly achievable and like Heather says it's the easiest time because if you go out and you say you're not drinking, people don't give you any jet for yeah, it. Yeah, that's so true. They do if it's your birthday I mean, and oh nobody yeah, wants to have fun birthday. around yeah, your birthday. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's more about moderation. I think sometimes January can be a really depressing month. So kind of denying yourself of any sort of jolliness is just going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. So like maybe do like Monday to Friday, no drinks, but then like on the weekend do it, but just don't go as crazy. I don't know. I I just find some people can go like so cortec and be so boring. Mm -hmm. Not that not drinking is boring, but I don't know. I think there's... Some, some people become boring by not drinking. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also, obviously you do that. I find the talking about it so boring. Like <laughs> everyone saying they're on doing dry January or they're doing veganuary and they really just want to have a steak or a bacon sandwich. Like, so yeah, just that's yeah. Just, just yeah, have one. Yeah. Like you don't need to bore everybody else with your decisions. Um, <laughs> so I find that really boring. Um, can I tell you my way to combat the depressingness of January or to kind of be a bit more entertained but without kind of yeah going to the pub every night? Mm. I like to cook more in January. Yeah. Yeah. So like on Friday, I made a really big roast and last night I made a really big soup. Fun times. Um, But I just find taking that time to like be at home and like light a candle. I feel like you are just naturally more at home anyway. So using that time, we're guilty of falling into a kind of a bit of a delivery trap as well. So kind of trying to reset that and just say, I'm actually going to like crack open some recipe books and spend some time cooking. It's like, A, it's an activity, which is obviously entertaining and fun. B, that you get good food out of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And C, it can be sociable and fun without it being like a night out yeah. and yeah. costly the money. So, yeah. yeah a friend of mine said that January is what December should be, but without any of the pressure. And mm. I really like to think of it that way. It's mm. like winter, hunkering down still. It's still cold. Yeah. Yeah. You're still cozy, but you don't have to worry about going to a million Christmas parties and Christmas shopping yeah, and so trying tragic. to get everything organized. You can just really revel in it. Yeah. I think if you're just going to deny yourself of something that you really enjoy replace it with something else that you can kind of Mm -hmm. focus your energy and that will kind of bring you equal happiness but maybe you're just in a different form Mm. great all right to finish in a word one thing that you're looking forward to in 2020 wedding chalamet hopefully moving out of my studio flat that's not one word for that (laughs) moving 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 Holidays. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Always. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Always holidays. Um, all right. I think we'll leave it there. If you have any feedback at all, please do email podcast at sheerlux.com. We love hearing from you. We'll be back next week. Until then, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.